You take the others who are made to think but who can't act. You take... I swallowed a bug. seen any good movies lately um no i did see movies in the theater though you saw movies in the theater yeah what do you see uh, i saw minions again is that the third time <laughs> no it's like a time oh okay no, i saw elvis twice i saw minions twice right, right, right. i'll say that minions is not as engaging the second time oh okay um so you know i would say it's fun for the whole family mm-hmm but that's it. Yeah. And I saw the new Thor movie too. <laughs> yeah, how was it? It's not very good. No. <laughs> it's not good. If you like Ragnarok, then it's like just more of the same of that. Mm-hmm. Taika Waititi, like, he, he, it ju- he just ain't it. I can't, I can't front anymore. Like, what we do in the shadows was decent. The new Thor is not very decent. It's like um, it's a comedy movie, but then um, oh, also Jane is dying of stage four cancer. Who's Jane? That's Thor. That's Natalie Portman. Oh, okay. And the tone is weird. They get Christian Bale, and he's just being silly for like whatever time he's on screen. It's just kind of mediocre. I don't know what to tell you. It's not very funny. Like Taika Waititi has that. You remember the screaming goats meme, where the goats scream? Yeah. Yeah, he has that but they throughout the whole movie it's like they somebody gifts Thor these goats and they just scream like humans and that's mm-hmm. the joke is that they just scream all the time yeah funny he seems a little quirky yeah he's a little too he's a quirked up non-white boy um go to with the sauce um it's just he needs to hang it up I saw I saw something um I saw in an interview circuit he said um this is the bull take okay he said I hate director's cuts uh, they're too long. You don't need them. <laughs> Base Taika. Th- this makes me really excited for his spin on Akira. I'm really excited to that's, see. Uh, that's not going to happen, by the way. It's not going to happen. I can't. Like see- confirmed? No. It's just, it's going to be in development hell forever. It's one of those things where you go to Akira Wikipedia page and it's like, in a, in 2015, they were developing a movie <laughs> yeah. and then where is it? I don't know. Because you just can't do it. What has he done that's serious? No, he can't do Akira. I don't want any jokes in Akira. This is serious shit, okay? okay this is serious cartooning. Like when, uh, it's been a while. Is it Tetsuo's the villain of the movie? Yeah, Tetsuo like starts expanding, and then what's the main character's name? A- Akina or like Kaneda or something? Kaneda. He's gonna be like, we got a problem here. Like, Run yeah, away. I just can't. Like, he's gonna mute and he's gonna be like, that's awkward. Like, <laughs> like that's the level we're operating at. This one, this one was really a slog. Uh, I cannot recommend it. The other thing is that they have no idea what they're doing anymore because it's no. It's like before they had the goal, right? Which is like, then they're all going to come together and fight Thanos. Yeah, yeah, And it's like, okay, even if the movies are not got that good, they feel like they have purpose. Now it's just aimless. It's like they do a thing. Oh, look in the credits. Marvel's Hercules is here. Huh? See, who cares? Like at the end when it goes black? No, it's just like in the post-credit scene. It's like, boom, Hercules. Hercules is like Hercules, in, but in Marvel, he's like a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tease. Are you excited for Marvel's Hercules? <laughs> no. 
Well, you better. <laughs> I, like, I remember what was a movie at the end where they teased Captain Marvel? Uh, maybe uh, when, Infinity War. When Sam Jackson. Infinity War, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember I saw that in theater with like a big group, and then it zoomed in on the phone and it showed that symbol, and people were like, oh, and I was looking around like, huh? Ah. What? This is like even more. It's like Hercules, <laughs> who gives a fuck? And that's it. It's just like, I don't know. It's a, it's a dud. Yeesh. Bags? Two. Two bags. Five. Yeah. 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 Rough. Yeah. And those credits are getting so fucking long. <laughs> Dude. It was actually like five to ten minutes of credits where it was like VFX, VFX, yeah, VFX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like they contracted twenty different studios yeah. to do it. I'm like, oh my god, it's too much, it's too much. And it looks like an essay is just scrolling yeah, on the screen. It's just and it's, then you wait for a, a bullshit credit scene. <laughs> I don't know, man. Next MCU movie I'll watch. Uh, hopefully none of them. Hopefully. That's all I gotta say. What would you give uh, Ragnarok? That one was like that one was more palatable. That one I think was fresh. Three? Yeah, I'd give that three. Yeah. It was like an enjoyable romp. You know, it's funny when he says you're gonna pull the, you're gonna pull your hammer off. You know, haha. And he has Korg in this, and Korg is Taika, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Korg is just doing more Korg stuff, and I'm like, just be quiet, sit down. Then they're like, oh, we killed Korg. And then they're like, oh, no, we didn't. Phew. Uh, at the end, Korg gets a gay lover because apparently his species is same sex. And it's just the other, his lover is just Korg with a mustache. Mm. It's funny. What's the other one? Was it Tech or Kick? Meek. Meek. They have Meek like in a... They have Meek in a suit being doing like administrative stuff in New Asgard. Okay. Which is like kind of funny, but yeah, it's whatever i don't like tessa thompson in these movies she's just there to be there who's that the black lady okay and then they get natalie portman back and like the role is a joke even though once again she's dying in the movie they're not really that it's like it's a comedy movie but they're just a that's just a storyline from the comics it's whatever it's just cancer it's a skip yeah she gets cancer and then it's like if she's thor then she's fine but then every time she becomes thor it makes it worse. So it's like you either save people or you save yourself. What? She becomes Thor? Yeah. Well, you saw the trailer for the film where she has the hammer, right? Yeah. She so becomes... as long as she holds a hammer, she's fine? Yeah. But then like when she doesn't, then she's dying. And every time she uses it, it makes her worse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's heavy. Yeah, it's so heavy, man. I was so... It's like Schindler's List. Yeah, it was... Wow, so emotional. Wow. After she'd been gone from the franchise for like a decade. Um, Should I keep going with movies that I've seen, or what do you want to do? Yeah, well, did you see any good movies or no? Yep, I saw a couple. Okay, name them. Actually, I just saw one. I lied. I just saw Lost Highway. Okay, what's, what's the verdict? Caitlin begs for Lost Highway... Six out of ten. Okay, well, I'm gonna veto that score, <laughs> and I'm gonna give it eight. Well, out six, of 10. six out of ten is positive. That's good. Wait, what did you give it? Eight out of ten. It wasn't as Lynchian. Okay, honey. I was bottom of the barrel. Oh, bottom of the barrel. Boilerplate Lynch fair. It's not gonna cut if it. If I can figure it out on the first watch, then it isn't 
a good Lynch movie. It's too simple. Too simple. Respect. Uh, it was so Freudian. <laughs> it was Freudian. It, yeah. was, it was exploring the id, the, the super ego, and the ego. Like Freudian and like a late night bachelor watch kind yeah. of sense. Yeah? Okay. I love reading any sort of film analysis where it mentions either Freudian psychology or the circle of violence or the cycle of violence. Oh, really, riveting stuff. Really makes you think, okay? <laughs> really makes you think. I once read a Blue Velvet analysis, and they said that the three beers represented the three stages of Freudian psychology. No, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can try and find it, but it was like, you know, Heineken is the, the ego, PBR is the super ego, and uh, what was the other one? Was it um, that the... It's like, do you drink Heineken to Laura Dern? She says, no, I... Oh, bud. And Bud uh, is the id, something like that. <laughs> that has to be a joke. There's no way. I'm serious. Okay, that's this. This too much. I'll try and find it, but without spoiling anything, because I'm sure you want to watch it. it yeah, I'll it, watch it. It's pretty good. Basically, the guy who plays Lone Star in Spaceballs is the main character. Okay. And he's a saxophonist. He plays like really. Uh, I don't, I'm not a jazz guy. I mean, there's some jazz albums that I own, but I, hard jazz. I don't know. It's like him playing, like, he's, I guess, like, the main singer or whatever. And then behind him, he has, like, uh, like there's a guitarist. And yeah. It, I don't, it's hard to explain. But he plays at, like, this place called the Luna Lounge. Um, and he has this wife who he thinks is cheating on him. Okay. And a mystery man comes into the scene and... He's, uh, this mystery man starts sending them videotapes of their house and him inside of their house and watching them sleep and the the movie starts off with someone coming to the door and just saying or buzzing uh, saying Dick Laurent is dead and you don't know who that is and it seems like the main character doesn't really know who that is and then the mystery kind of goes on from there but uh, it's really good uh, how scary is it on a scale from Elephant Man to Mulholland Drive at the end? Mm, it's honestly it, <laughs> <laughs> It's honestly not that spooky. The the mystery man, I sent you a gif of him one time and you I've seen the scene where he on YouTube where oh, yeah? he's like or maybe you showed it to me where it's like uh, he calls his house and he's also there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> what do you mean by that? So that's kind of spooky. Um, but other than that, I mean, it. it's not that scary. The guy maybe. looks scary. He looks like a ghoul. And he, uh, David Lynch told him to, like, make his own look. And that was the look oh, really? that he came up with. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, he also did the same thing with Patricia Arquette, who's the main female lead of the movie. She's the wife? Yeah. Okay. And he, and, you know, obviously she has some sort of split personality thing, too. You gotta have it. Uh, and he just said, you know, or she said, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with these two characters. And he's like, eh, just do whatever you want. And then she she designed her two characters as well. She watched Inland Empire and was and Mahan Drive, and she's like, "I'll do that again." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this came out in between. Oh, did it? Or oh, actually, no. This it was Lo- Lost Highway, then Mulholland, then Inland Empire. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. How interesting. And this movie's tone, like if Mulholland Drive is sort of, I don't want to. Atmospheric is selling it short. What's what would its like musical tone be? Um, dreary. Uh, Mulholland Drive, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Lost Hi- Highway is like hard rock. Like they have Ramstein, Ramstein Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson. A ni- second Nine Inch Nails appearance yeah. in a Lynch thing. Cool. And it also has two um, great cameos. It has Richard Pryor. Okay. And Marilyn Manson uh, makes a cameo. Too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's canceled, so it's not a great cameo. Is he? Yeah, Caitlin, he's canceled, right? Marilyn Manson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he did some... I think he did suspect things to minors, maybe. Sex offender alert! <laughs> yeah, so... Not a cool cameo. Oh. Ba- bad cameo. I, I retract that. Yes, bad cameo. Yeah, let's talk about the movie, The okay. Week. I picked it. And it's called The Return of the Living Dead. Came yep. out some year in the 80s. <laughs> I wanted to look that up. I want to see if this came out after or before Dawn. Because, or it had to have if it was in 80. So, yeah. before or after Day, I guess. Uh... This is, you know, this is like a quintessential. Oh, same here. Okay. This is like a quintessential cop movie. Yeah. It's an 80s horror comedy. Mm-hmm. And there's some punkish things going on. And it's tributes from Mero. And apparently, uh, as an aside, this is apparently the origin of a bunch of different, a couple of zombie tropes. Like, yep. this is where they eat brains, which I only really saw in cartoons. They would reference that. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any movies where they eat brains, they just eat people. Mm-hmm. And also, the zombies here are kind of smart and they run fast and talk. And talk, and they can't get killed by. They're just, like, alive permanently. Like Reanimator type of... Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. You know what? This movie did remind me of Reanimator, especially the gas. Mm-hmm. That's just the Reanimator gas. Or it's like the re... It's like the reagent, <laughs> but then they made it gas. Yeah. And apparently it was used to... Used to... Uh, to sp- spray on cannabis crops or something <laughs> like that. Anyway... Um, it's a horror comedy, but it's it's a little bit more authentic than, say, I would even say, like, a Reanimator or a Repo Man mm-hmm. or other movies of this ilk. Uh, what did you think of the movie? I liked it. I have another story, though. I think okay. I told you recently, this is going on, um, this is going to be added to the Serial Mom uh, discussion. The saga. The yes. Serial Mom saga. Okay. Because... I told I asked Caitlin if she wanted to watch this movie, and she said, no, I've already seen it. Okay, oh, here we go. And it turns out we hadn't seen it. We saw, for some reason, we watched Return of the Living Dead 2. Oh, you saw that before this? Yes, that's the one that I saw. I thought I saw the original. So this is, again, why Caitlin can't be trusted, and we saw Serial Mom. Well, that seems like a mistake on both your parts. Like, no way you guys meant to watch that first. Hey, hey, I mute asked, it, mute it. Cut the mic, asked, cut the mic, cut the mic, cut the mic, cut the mic. Shut up. <laughs> if I had and he told me the the second one. So I said I watched that. Luke told me that we should watch Return of the Living Dead Part 1. However, I didn't have my glasses on at the time and I rented Part 2 instead. Embarrassed by my poor eyesight, I gaslit him into thinking that we were watching Part 1, like when we saw Serial Mom. Okay. Confirmed. I and I figured that out as soon as I saw a woman fully stripped, cookie ass naked, uh, twerking on a tombstone. I was like, okay, I had not seen this movie. So then I had to look up. Oh, you would have remembered that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to look up. 
Blue Velvet shot. I had to look up what the plot of the second one was, and I was like, oh, damn, okay. But, um, yes, I liked it. I like its uh, punk rock attitude. I like, um, you know, in the Romero zombie movies, the ones in color anyways, it's very colorful. This is more gross and dirty. Like, zombies in the Romero ones are sort of like fish belly white, and in this they're, like, covered in mud, and they're all wearing, yeah. like, brown and gray suits. Like, they look... Like um, the zombies from Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it, actually. Especially um, that one that they captured to extort information out of. Yeah, yeah you're right. They're like kind of like they're like corpses, like mm-hmm. that have been rotted for a while. Yeah, but the plot of it is that you have this little goofy guy in suspenders and some weird hat. He he's getting a job at this uh, depot. It's called like Unita Medical Supplies. Yeah. Um, and they sell like cadavers and uh, skeletons with perfect teeth, um, taxidermied animals, that sort of thing. And then his boss is trying to impress them. So he's like, hey, come uh, check out this thing. And he tells them the story of how they have these um, these these bodies with this this chemical from from an army depot got sent to the wrong place. And how one time, do you say one time they escaped and that sort of spawned the inspiration for Night of the Living Dead? Yes, it's yeah. like it was based on a true story. He, he, what he's telling the kid then it sounds like a spook story is Night of the Living Dead was based on a true story, mm-hmm. but the government was like, you better fudge all these details because this is too close. <laughs> so Romero did, but it's supposed to be based on a real thing. Zombies actually happen, and the guys like, get out of here, shut up. But boom, big reveal, he's right. Yep. He's right that Nightly the Laming Dead was based on a true story. Uh, and also that there's zombies here, and they have a corpse. And they hit this container, and the gas gets out, and everybody... It's it's zombie time. Yeah. It's zombie time. I also liked at the beginning of the movie, it started with this uh, some text that said, everything in this movie is 100% true, the, the people are real, the places are real. See, it's, ba- it's all real. <laughs> it's all based on a true story. I, that made me think that they were sort of poo-pooing like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which oh. also opened with the same thing. Yeah. Um, just like, but this is just such a, a goofy story. There's no way it could be real. Like, I'm pretty sure Louisville, Kentucky is still there. <laughs> yes. I don't think it's I don't think it's a irradiated zone <laughs> currently. I could be wrong, though. I'm, I'm not too up to date on my U.S. history. But um, anyways, I, I wish. What's the main guy's name? Um, which main guy? Because, you know, the, it, the goofy. It, it's an ensemble. Like, the guy who's working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin? Ke- sure. Kevin has these friend. has a girlfriend. She has friends that are a bunch of punks. Um, and then there's also Kevin and his supervisor, and then the owner of the company. And then you have this guy who works at the uh, mortuary or whatever. Yes. Uh, and that's a cast. And what I like uh, that they do, and I say this in a... I like it in a lot of movies, is they really mess around with the cast. They mess around with who's paired with who, and they can play mm-hmm. off of each other differently, whatnot. However, a lot of the characters don't really have enough of their own sort of flavor yeah. that really fleshes that idea out. I'd agree. That's one problem here is that, for example, uh, if you look at the Romero films, a lot of the characters are memorable. In Night of the Living, and, and it's it's gonna be hard not to compare this. Yeah. I also read that um, they got they were able to make this movie because Romero had a deal where 
he was like he can keep making his dead movies but then somebody else got the rights to make living dead movies what do you this was what I was looking at the production notes. Oh, like in the title? Yes. Yeah, it was okay. something like that. And I guess they just used it to take off on Romero stuff. I think I know what you're talking about because I know that there was some issue with the rights of the first movie and it allowed for, like Night of the Living Dead, and it allowed for people to just print the movie if they wanted to. Yeah, so there's there's weird rights issues. So this is like almost sort of related. Yeah to the Romero stuff. Apparently this is by, uh, directed and written by da- uh, Dan O'Banion, who apparently wrote the script to Alien. Mm-hmm. So that's promising, because it's a good script. You know what uh, he was in as well? No. I think he was... I'm pretty sure he was in Dark Star. No, as who? Yeah, he was, He wrote Dark Star, because then he went on to write Alien, which was inspired by oh. that stupid little monster running around the, uh, the yes. ship. Okay, so I will say that uh, he did peek at Alien. <laughs> decidedly um yeah one thing is the characters in this movie like i don't even remember most of the names so you got the punks okay there's like the gang leader he's kind of funny he's just kind of cynical mm-hmm. uh he gets killed there's black guy he's a guy that was that a reference to night of the living dead by having a black guy <laughs> there it could have been um he's whatever you have uh tina which is kevin's uh, cutesy girlfriend she's fine the characters aren't really that memorable the best pairing is Kevin and whatever the mortuary guy's name is and in the like the first 10 minutes of the movie when they have a little haha rapport yeah and they're going through all the cadavers and stuff and he's like haha. like a supervisor you're talking yeah, about supervisor okay, yeah, whatever yeah. his name was like Bert or something sure um but this main uh, cast of punks, uh, they're whatever. They're like they're just like teenagers that are dressed in punk stuff. For some reason, I thought it was good. this movie was gonna be more punkish, like Repo Man and what is that, uh, or like SLC Punk mm-hmm. or something like that. That would have that kind of spirit, but it really doesn't. It just has the punks there as is window dressing, just because it's the eighties. They have a couple of little punk things like. Um... Just, uh, it, maybe it's, it's punk rock that a lot of uh, cops get eaten. Yes. Maybe that's the punk appeal here because that happens a lot. The 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 police get eaten. Um, Kevin's supervisor is just so focused on his job that it's like comical where, you know, after the zombie outbreak happens, he's trying to deal with it. He's like, do you want to keep this job, son? We got to deal with this. Yeah, and it's like they just inhaled poison gas and they, <laughs> they can't breathe. And he's like, fuck this job, man. Uh, and the ending, too, which we'll we'll get to is, is a yes. little like anti-establishment, uh, which I like. Yes, yes, that stuff was cool. Um, but the characters are just kind of okay. Yeah. But, in, you know, in a zombie movie like this, that's fine. Because, A, you don't have to be attached. Because, yeah, a good portion, a good swath of them get killed off. Um, and, B, you're there for the thrills. Now, here's one other thing about the movie. Okay? I, this is a decent picture. Mm-hmm. Okay? The movie didn't strike the right balance for me, I think, of comedy and horror. Yeah. Because I think, and perhaps I had... Um, I think I thought this was going to be... Going in, I thought this was going to be more comedic. Maybe satirical, even. Mm-hmm. Especially with that intro, I thought it was going to be a big lampoon of the zombie film. But it is... It kind of just ends up halfway through just becoming a zombie movie with yes. these characters. And it and it throws away like a lot of the comedic aspects in it. You'll get like jokes here and there. But in the beginning, you know, um, 
for example, they go through this funny dialogue where he's showing him all the stuff. And then I saw in the background, there was like an eye exam, but it said, uh, if you looked at it, I, I paused it and it said like, Bert is a slave trader <laughs> and he gives too much of a shit about his job, like in those eye um, yeah, yeah, exam yeah. things, but it's just individual letters. I saw another one like that. There's some decent background gags like that. And I thought the movie was going to have a little bit of uh, an edge to it. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, the edge here comes, I guess, from the zombie thrills. And it is a visceral, gory movie. Um, And the zombie looks and such are pretty inventive. And it's a nice spin on the mythology, I guess, at the time. Uh, Big shout out to the effects here. Not just from, like, the corpses and the cadavers and the zombies. Especially that one zombie. I think think, uh, on Wikipedia they called him Tar Man. (laughs) He's just like this brown, like, coated zombie. He looks really good. Mm-hmm. Some of the effects in this are really good um, and convincing. And, yeah, you'll get you'll get your gore and your guts in this. Um, but it's this kind of thing where the movie doesn't really break new ground. No. It's not terribly scary and it's not terribly funny. So while it is, it's, it's an enjoyable picture... It feels like every aspect of it uh, could be done better. Like, if I wanted a genuine zombie movie, I would go watch those Romero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want, like, a comedy horror, like, I would rather watch, like, Brain Dead yeah. or Dead Alive than yeah. this, you know? It's that kind of thing. Where it, the movie is, is well-rounded, um, but kind of unexceptional for me. Yeah, it seems like they kind of blew their load to be a little gross at the beginning of the movie when the zombie outbreak first happens and they have like this half dog um, to show like how the intestinal tract works and all of its innards for vets. Yeah. Uh, Like that comes alive and then they kill it and then they have the cadaver and he like comes out and he's like the... um, the naked guy in Reanimator, uh, the other cadaver that comes alive, and he's just super buff, yeah, he's going like, crazy. He's like that, and I thought that guy looked like the aliens from Prometheus, <laughs> except yellow, where he's just like a ball, no hair anywhere, and big and beefy. Yeah, he just yeah. reminded me of that. I don't know. They have like uh, pinned butterflies; those come to life, yeah. and then at at the end of the movie, like at that halfway mark, it's just. A lot of zombies and they're running from them boarding up the house they break in drive somewhere else they yeah. follow them you know like it's a decent gag when like every time a paramedic or a police car rolls up they just immediately <laughs> get swarmed by the zombies in hiding and it is nice to have the zombies like be a little bit clever mm-hmm. um there's there's a funny part um where the zombies eating a paramedic and they're like uh, they call in on the paramedics radio and they're like do you need backup and he's like send more paramedics <laughs> there's stuff like that that's funny yeah um and the the zombie stuff is engaging and yeah it's it's a little scary but the movie is like too light in tone for it to be genuinely nerve-wracking like a romero picture or something yeah. like that like they have they try to have some drama where both Bert and Kevin uh, are slowly turning. Yes. Um, and Kevin's girlfriend is kind of hanging on. Um, but it's eh, it's not really convincing. They're just sort of towing that line and not going one way or the other. So we, then... we did this way better in Dawn of the Dead when yes. it got existential yes. and it was dour and bleak. This one is just like, okay. Okay, like 
let's go guys yeah and then it doesn't even end and then yeah so kevin ends up turning bird just burns himself alive <laughs> that was kind of funny Sad. like he leaves his ring behind he's like goodbye cruel world and just burns cremates himself, himself. <laughs> sad you know shitty and then kevin just becomes a zombie and he's like tina i want to eat your brains now <laughs> i'm hungry i can smell your brains uh and then that's some of the tension in the third act of the film um i i look i like this picture um but i just wish it was a little more provocative and you know that's honestly it's expectations thing mm-hmm Okay. Um, this movie has really high critical standing, um, and that was one thing. So I thought this was going to be subversive or exceptional in some way. Um, but it's a pretty standard. It's like a good Halloween watch. Yeah, I'd watch it around Halloween. Yeah, I, I guess at the time when I mean Romero invented these zombie movies, and he had one in '68 and then one in '78. And both were pretty serious. So this was like the first time they had a fun one. So then people got excited for that. And it looks like they had fun on set. Like there are a lot of extras. Like they really swarm those freaking police cars. And yeah, and they have like punk rock m- music throughout. It's high energy. There is some good music. Yeah, they have. I heard like the cramps mm-hmm. in there. So yeah, there's some decent cuts. Apparently the soundtrack is a highlight of it. Uh, like in terms of general reception but yeah it's cool so i guess that's why people got so excited for this movie and look back on it probably with some nostalgia as well yeah Um, but now in 2020 rewatching this is like "Mm, it's all right it's it's fun it's like the kind of thing where i'm thinking well i guess it's like it was popular because it's a revival of the older zombie stuff yeah. with a little bit of a modern at the time twist yeah and with some comedy but then like romero made like day of the dead around the same time yeah same year and i guess like uh, night of the living dead came out like 20 years prior to that so it's like he really spaced them out but i could guess i can see the cult appeal in that um it's it's just a sillier romero movie uh, uh, let's talk about the ending quick. Let's talk about the ending. Uh, actually, first I want to say, um, also, they have this lady in the movie named Trash. Some of the punk names are funny, admittedly. This one named, like, Suicide. Uh, yeah, one name, like, they all have, like, ridiculous names like that. Trash, Suicide. Um, so they have this lady get naked in the first act, uh, in the first act mm-hmm. and have her do a striptease, and then she's naked throughout the whole movie. This feels a little exploitative. Like, they just needed... We needed a little bit of sex in this movie. I thought she was going to become, like, the queen of the zombies. She kind of does. Sort of. Yeah. What happens is, like, she's like, oh, what, do you ever think about dying? And the black guy's like, no. <laughs> and then she's like, I I think the worst way to die would be getting eaten by old men. I Very was like, subtle. That's weirdly specific. <laughs> and then guess what? At the end, she gets caught by a bunch of old men who are corpses. Yeah. And then they bite into her. Except they don't eat her because then she just is fully intact and she becomes a zombie. Yes. Uh, so her d- d- the design of her I like the design of her head like they made her mouth really big when she goes to bite somebody and that stuff is cool but yeah she's still naked uh, so there's there's a little bit there's your late night bachelor portion <laughs> you know you can see this lady it's whatever then she sort of becomes queen of the zombies cause it's like she's like the only main character zombie in a mass of other zombies yeah like she's like 
fully white, and then she has her red hair. I mean, you can spot her from a mile away, but I wanted to like see her like command an army or yeah, it is like cool. It's yeah. like it, I was waiting for like the end of her arc because yeah, they brought yeah. so much attention to this character, and then it's just yeah. You saw her boobs. I that, saw her boobs it. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, they tease this character at the beginning of the movie. This uh, general of sorts. He has this a, was a good setup. He, he has this phone that he always has to be able to. He he has to be able to be reached twenty four seven, because the army is continuously looking for the this chemical mm-hmm. um, that they misplaced, and they they have uh, the number imprinted on the side of the canisters and Kevin says like we should call them and Bert's like no it's gonna ruin business they're <laughs> yada 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 wagey talk um, and then at the end of the movie he's like okay we have to fucking call them cause all the police that we call they're dead alright yeah. and then the owner's like it's gonna be bad for business but let's do it uh, so he calls this number he gets patched through three different people um, tells the general what's up and then General's like, okay, we've, we have a plan set in motion. Don't worry. We're going to deal with it. He's like, oh, sweet. And then they're just sitting there, and then they hear him. And then they just blow up the town. And the army guys are like, well, only 4,000 civilians dead. Not bad. Good numbers. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then that spawns... Well, we didn't really talk about it, but that explosion spawns more acid rain, which rains down the zombie. What what they did with the Prometheus guy at the beginning is because every even when you cut him up, he's still moving around. They took him to the crematorium, and they're like, yeah. "Well, just burn him." Yeah. But then the his gas or his smoke uh, goes into the cl- rain clouds, and it starts raining on everything, and that's how it starts resurrecting all the zombies from yeah. the cemetery. So then, yeah, it's like a the end question mark because oh, the rain will take care of. It, but it won't more zombies inbound and then i guess where that's where the second film would come in which you guys saw yes the thing is like all the characters in this movie die and it's going you know what i i like that setup that they have they have that character in the beginning you forget about him mm-hmm. and then he just comes back at the end and it's kind of like an oh moment yeah. it's it's chekhov's nuclear bomb so that was a pretty <laughs> clever twist and it was kind it was kind of funny that it had just had, a, had that nihilistic ending where nobody gets a happy ending. Like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, like Night of the Living Dead where it's just like that... Ah, ben dies. Bye-bye. Shitty moment, yeah. So that was cool. That was a strong finish, I'll say. Um, but yeah, that's the picture. Seven bags. I'll give it three out of five. Yeah, it's just... Uh, I thought it, I thought it was going to be more cooler. But, you know, I'll settle for a watch, a decent watch. A, a, um, a delectable, um, mm, small picture. Does this count? Sure. All right, next week's movie is Excalibur. That's a good pick. I actually saw that a couple months ago. With Jonathan? Yeah, I saw that a couple months ago with uh, Jonathan. Nice. And it's just like a long, epic movie. But you know what? I miss about the epic genre hmm. is it's like you, you watch like a Spartacus or like something or, or like a Daspu and it's like four three hours yeah, like yeah. four hours and you're like what the fuck is this for but then it goes to the end and it feels like you were in that journey it's like or like if you watch like Lord of the Rings you know yeah. and then they get to Mordor that was the big appeal of this movie I'll watch it again of course but uh, for me it was like the ending when it was just like 
especially because it's Arthurian legend. It's like that storybook ending. We'll talk about it more next week, but I enjoyed it, so we'll see. That's why I felt with Caravan of Courage, so I'm sure I'll really like this movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun fact, Zack Snyder said this is his favorite film ever. Oh. Um, and actually, if you watch Batman vs. Superman, him, Bruce and his parents... When they when his parents get shot, they went to go see Excalibur okay. at the movie theater. Yeah, that's cool. And that may or not may or may not be cross promotion because it's also a Warner's Brothers film. Who's to say? Uh, there you go. So that that'll be fun. Okay, the only other update I have for you is I started season three of Stranger Kids. <laughs> and how Stranger Kids... It's looking... It, things are looking up? Yes, thank God. Oh, my God. They're actually doing cool things. I'll just give you a quick rundown, because yeah. I've only seen the first two episodes. But they've built this giant mall in Hawkins, and that... Uh, allows them to have a bunch of extras and a lot of cool things happen. I was like, oh, finally, Hawkins is more than 10 people. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Um, they have the Ahoy whatever ice cream place. Um, Steve is working there with Uma Thurman's daughter. Yeah. Uh, her character's name is Robin. And then Steve is now buddy-buddy with Dustin. That's, they're the dynamic duo. They're great together. Oh, they're the odd couple. Yeah, yeah. They play off each other very well. Um, Elle is almost finally a functioning human being i'm getting like i just want her to be normal at this point not being like a friend can she can she talk good almost it's like what i did well you won't know this but when you watch first season of star trek the next generation data is like always asking like a needle in a haystack why would you want to find such a thing oh it's like like, come on like like catch up buddy yeah like you know it's just a saying yeah okay i see Uh, like why why would someone care if someone died or just really stupid questions like okay can we just move on like i'm not five years old like i look she's not gonna learn to be a human in a day okay it takes a couple of years (laughs) she started off i remember when i was watching she just says one word things hungry She sees, um, she sees, what's her name? Uh, Mike's sister, pretty. Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> Mandy, she's like pretty. Yeah. One word answer. She's, look, she's a smart, she's a fast learner. If you take, if you look big picture, okay? Her and Max, if you know, the, the, the redhead lady. Yeah. Um, they're friends now, and she was like, you gotta dump Mike. And then she's like, fine, I dump your ass to Why? Mike. Um, cause Mike is lying to Elle because Hopper was like, I'm tired of Mike coming over. He's so annoying. I want them to break up. So he's just like, he just, you know, did the They've been through so much together. Well, uh, now Hopper, do you remember Hopper in season one, how he's like serious, um, dark past? Yeah, he's like really doesn't give a fuck. And then this thing happens. It's like a huge burden. And also his daughter died. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's like fat, goofy, incompetent dad. So he's like, I'm going to try and have a heart to heart with them and like make boundaries. And then he goes like psycho mode. He's like, stay away from her. Stay away from her. Um, so then Mike's making excuses as to why he can't see L. L thinks it's something different than what it is. So she's like, "You're lying to me. I'm breaking up with you." Um, and then the what's happened? Do you know the character Billy? 
Yeah, I remember people are thirsting, and it's like Billy. All I remember um, is like Billy. He's the lifeguard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got a sweet hairdo. Yes. Yeah. And he was gonna have sex with Mandy's mom. Yeah, uh, I remember that too. I wasn't sure if you were at that point, but I remember that was the thing. He seduced his Mike's mom. What the fuck is that? Um, but he gets taken to the shadow realm, and oh, yeah. then um, he comes back, and I guess he's under the control of the mind flare and then what the, i think he's a servant to the secondary antagonist so which is really cool it looks like they're doing like a blob almost um all i know so far is that there's this disease in the rats and that's making the, these rats explode and it's really gross and i was like oh my god gore in this show awesome um but they like explode into this goop and then they reform into goopy mutant rats and it looks like they're coming together to form this giant gross akira blob thing okay okay i see that's all i know so far um what is there anything else that's good i don't know just a lot of licensed music they're really ramping it up yeah yeah they're used well but it's like almost like a dazed and confused situation where they're just there to kind of i don't even remember licensed music in the first season not it was just like atmospheric score Yeah. yeah um great colors and this we're gonna circle all the way back now the characters go to the movie theater the kids and they watch a preview for day of the dead and that was cool to to see ah that is cool but it looks like they're doing cool stuff and so far so good anything else uh no oh i said next week we're doing uh excalibur all right oh that's chill quickly um mr lynch and the lynch foundation we tried uh transcendental meditation and it was pretty cool so thank you did he did he make transcendental meditation? <laughs> no, but what's weird is that the TM organization um, they own the copyright or something to this meditation technique, so they're the only ones legally who can teach the technique. So this isn't like an ancient craft. It is, but they own it somehow. Oh, yeah, that's kind of weird. That's kind of sus. <laughs> but I mean. Obviously, I just looked up how to do it online, and then I, I'm self-teaching. Yeah. But obviously, if I got, like, a licensed TMer, they could probably teach me it in a better way. But I'm sure if I just keep at it by myself, I kind of get the gist. I think uh, I think you're okay. You don't have to give them bucks to the TM Corporation <laughs> yeah. to, to reach uh, inner enlightenment or whatever. You know, that's kind of funny. TBH. So it's yeah. like some shit out of a movie review. Yeah. You're good. You're good. You're going to find it, whatever you're looking for, and then that's it. Then it'll all come together, and you'll know what Inland Empires. <laughs> I started uh, reading really quick on the Wikipedia, um, just like the plot summary, and I didn't even notice that Axon, what Axon know or whatever it was, that was that play that was playing through that phonograph throughout the movie. Do you remember that? Like, it would cut to a phonograph needle on a black record. It oh, would yeah. be black and white. And so, um, Axon N. It was the longest running uh, radio play in history. 
Okay. Yeah. I, it's not a real thing. No, no, no. Okay. And does that give you a clue to what the fuck that means? No. But it'll it'll help. And I was reading about crimp because I kind of I didn't really understand that whole or the phantom. Uh, I guess he's called. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that face is too. That's fucked. I Kayla, don't know. Kayla was making the cop posts and she always looks for pictures. And then I just got a text message of this of that picture of Laura Dern. She's like, "What the fuck is this?" I was like, "Oh, it's Laura Dern." And she's like. Why does she look like that? I was like, it's his whole. It's her thing. scary face. <laughs> but yeah, one day we'll figure out what that was all about. I was also reading. You remember when Lord Dern goes to the uh, crimp and he has a light bulb in his mouth? Yeah. He, um, the actor came on set and he's like, I-, I think I should wear glasses. And David Lynch was so pissed. He's like, get rid of those glasses. They look so stupid. And he went to the house and he picked up three little things. It was a light bulb, a ceramic tile, and something else. He's like, you can have this. And that's it. So no pick glasses. One. Pick one. <laughs> the glasses are too humanizing. Okay. Exactly. The crimp is a weird guy, but he's definitely not really a guy, you know. Uh, yeah. When he arrived to shoot the crimp scene, he wore a pair of glasses that Lynch hated, and the actor said he needed a prop. And then he found a little piece of broken tile, a rock, and a light bulb. I need to see, like, a BTS of, like, um, a Lynch production. (laughs) Like, I love that clip where they're like, maybe we can do this and the scene won't be so long. And he's like, why is the problem that it's so fucking long all the time? Jesus fucking Christ. And he's so mad. I was like, oh. Like, he's he's a movie artist, right? So, you know, you just know that it's going to be some good stuff. I want to see that Christian Bale... (laughs) moment where the guy got in the fucking shot and he unloads on him I'm waiting. the christian bale fiasco the christian in regards to the christian bale fiasco yeah but anyway i'm really happy it's my birthday and what else is going on in the world today oh yes the christian bale fiasco uh okay thanks albert next week yeah see ya see ya yeah 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 peace Listening to this episode, be it the free post, or just plain old fashioned rags. Send us a movie recommendation on our Instagram at COP Podcast, COP Podcast, and we'll review it on the show. Shake, shake, and may the road rise up to meet your wheels. Was that good enough? Is that the take? Not even close. Take 174, rolling three. Two, one.